0: White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 701.
1: You're listening to the AU Wishbone, almost credible sports discussion on the White Rocket Entertainment Network.
0: Bye-bye, the Palatial White Rocket Studios in Southern Illinois and Eastern Virginia. It's the AU Wishbone Podcast, John. How are you tonight? Very well, Van. How are you? Good. I am your host, Van Allen Plexico, joined as always by my co-host. I'm John Ringer. John, uh, lots of interesting things going on around the fringes. Not big, big news anywhere, and we're going to save the basketball talk because it's not the most exciting thing right now for a little bit later in the show, but we have football practice to talk a little bit just a little bit of football practice talk it's exciting it is exciting to
2: be able to talk about football again yeah it's exciting to think like things are happening we're we're
0: we're up off the deck and starting to improve the players came down from the ex- the exotic humongous palatial yeah. new wolta's football complex and descended onto the practice fields and they threw the football. They did a little tackle football. They threw the ball around a little bit. They had, they did some stuff today and it was cool. And we have a few notes about that. Hugh Freeze talked about it and um, we'll talk about it a little bit. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. It's a good thing. Before we get into the meat of it though, a couple, uh, couple of notes for our listeners and our patrons might want to know about. One, you may have noticed this was this is this is currently White Rocket podcast number seven hundred and one. I've been counting them up from the very beginning in two thousand twelve, and that counts AU Wishbone White Rocket on her Majesty's Secret podcast, the ones with me on it that I'm involved in, and uh, the White Rocket Babylon Five review podcast. And out of all those together. Andy and I were doing the White Rocket by One Five show on Thursday night, and we hit seven hundred. So this is seven oh one, beginning our eight hundredth run, a run of 800 past seven hundred episodes. So that's crazy. Can you believe we've been doing this that long? It's a
2: lot of podcasts, man. That
0: is a lot of podcasts. Yeah, that's a and and the the plur not the majority, but the plurality of them have been this show, you and me. That's right. Um, so that's cool. That's a milestone worth noting. Um, I want to let everybody know we've got the March Madness Brackets competition coming up very soon, sooner than you know. And if you are a patron of the show, you can get in on that, fill out your brackets and compete against John and me and, of course, Boris the Tiger and others, all the other patrons. That's always a good time. So go ahead and get on board as a patron so you can get in on that. And that'll, that'll go out uh,
2: as soon as the brackets get... That Sunday when the brackets get yep. posted, we we'll, uh, competition will be up. So
0: And then it's like a frantic scramble to get your brackets done before they tip off on usually Thursday, right? Wednesday night, mm. something like that now. Wednesday night, Thursday. Well, if you're already used to having like three or four days to get your act together for something like that, then this isn't going to bother you as much. But they have just now, over the weekend, I didn't see it until today, I just got the email today, that the Fantasy Formula One uh, competition thing, the official part of, of F1, is up again. And we do that every year. So if you're already a patron, I posted it on the Patreon page for the AU Wishbone. The link, all you got to do is click on the link and it should take you there. If you are not a patron and you want to be part of the Fantasy Formula One league that we just started up, again, it'll it's starting this weekend, so you got like three or four days to get your teams put together. This doesn't take very long. Um, go ahead and do that. So this is a great time to become a patron because you can get in on the March Madness. You can get on the Fantasy Formula One, uh, both at the same time. And the way that uh, I'll, I'll say a little bit more about how it works later. But for now, I just wanted to let everybody know that it's up. Go to the Patreon page for AU Wishbone for more details and for the link. Um, and then not only is March Madness coming, John, but also Reaper Madness is coming. Um the fine folks at the, the the Mad Reaper Pepper Company, who are our patrons, they um, I ordered a bottle, and they sent one for me and one for you, so I have forwarded yours on to you. And so we're going to do a live show coming up a little bit later this year, and uh, we're going to sample the Reaper Madness, a live video show. You can watch John and me being carried off to the emergency room in living color, live fun video. <laughs> and it says right here on the bottle, just l- lest you think this is Tabasco sauce, right? It says right here on the bottle, 75 Carolina reapers per batch. 75 Carolina reapers per batch. This bottle has horns and a tail and a little pitchfork and goes <laughs> So I'm
2: really it's looking moving. It's moving through the postal system towards my house, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, which is a lot slower than it's gonna be moving through your digestive system when we say it. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait. I haven't heard anything back from those guys. But I hope that they know that they're getting a, a getting a lot of promotion for their dollar. <laughs> they're getting a lot of they're getting a lot of advertising bang for the buck literally. So I hope they appreciate it. But I I appreciate them. I appreciate them sending me the bottle for you. So we're going I got it on the way to you and, and we're going to have a good time with that. So, without further ado, uh, we had football spring practice starting today. It's really exciting that they've got the whole new the big the big facility, right? We've waited years to have a world-class Football facility on par with you know Clemson and whoever else. I know Clemson has one that's. Yeah. O- Oregon has a super fancy one. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Of course the Nike. You know the Phil Knight. Does Alabama have anything, or do they just say we're Alabama? Well, we're Alabama, and they just you know. Uh, they have a nice facility, but it. I don't know. Can't if it's can, it, I gotta say it can't be nicer than ours. There's no way. In no way. So. Because their their graduates they don't make any money. Have you heard that? I don't know if you heard that. Um so let's talk a little bit about practice uh, what what do we know what do we want to know what do, what did we see what do we want to see what was said so the uh, the media got about 20 minutes viewing window into practice today
2: I think it was about half offense half defense and um, in, in the as you said the new practice feels near the palatial mm-hmm. new football facility um, and then freeze spoke to the media for a few minutes afterward and I don't think we got a ton of information out of it other than guys were out there practicing. Um, But the biggest thing I think was some of the stuff that free said afterward, they were very clear that this is evaluation time. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, they're teaching the player stuff and installing stuff, but it's really about, we have a lot of new players. We have a lot of new coaches. We have new schemes and stuff, understanding who can do what well and then go back and figure out how to put that together. So everyone is going to get equal reps in spring practice. They're not going to wait it where certain players get more and certain players get less, unless they're injured. And free said several times there is no depth chart right now. That's interesting that, to me. There's no depth chart. I mean, I, I, you know, you, you could read the. Uh, reports from the media who were there about who was in which group and the order they went through the drills and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we could talk about that, but I think they're pretty clear that, you know, everybody has a shot and they want to see what you can do. They're not making any decisions yet. They want to evaluate who can play and give players, you know, opportunity, whether they're a new guy, whether they're a true freshman that just walked in the door, or whether they're a guy that was buried on the depth chart in the previous regime. They want to give them a chance, and they want to give them time to develop and, and practice uh, and show what they can do. So the, the first scrimmage is going to be, they said, around practice six, which will be like March 17th. So that I think we'll, we'll learn something after that. I think we'll hear a bunch of reports after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we have who we have. the Some of the players that, uh, you know, especially some of the players that signed and uh, the the later signing period, the traditional February signing period, are not here, right? So our new stud running back that signed then is not on campus. And some of the other high school players will be joining us uh, in the summer, including the, like, the quarterback that signed. Hank Brown won't be, is not on campus right now. Uh, he'll be here this summer. But there's a lot of new players, a lot of transfers, a lot of freshmen that signed in December are on that field. Uh, and, and they're going to get a shot, show what they can do. That's so going to be exciting.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We've got, um, we've got big players kind of lined up a few down the road and then we've got some big ones that are coming in pretty soon or coming in this summer or fall or whatever. And so we're getting, we're getting kind of waves. We've got like the transfers that are coming in now and then the guys that signed and then the guys from later and you know. and, and so I know that, that, the he was saying freeze was saying how you know he basically just wants to have enough bodies to be able to practice and everything i guess he means like just depth around all the various positions so that we that it it runs like a normal practice and we're not having to adjust around that so um i did see that uh they were talking about uh martyr the big tall guy i guess from cincinnati mm-hmm. transferred over from cincinnati looked really good because he's like six five or something he's taller than any of our receivers and and Freeze was saying he really likes that that he likes having um, in the SEC in SEC competition. He says it's very difficult. And this is something we've talked about for 20 years. Not on this show, but in general, we've talked about for 20 years. Going, I mean, I mean, I remember talking about this when we were talking about Tuberville's receivers coach, who I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But you remember Tuberville had the same receivers coach forever. Um, Craig, yeah, keep going. It'll come. to Yeah. But anyway, I remember we used to say, why can't they get open? Why can't they get open? And every coach, every receiver, <laughs> except maybe Seth Williams, uh, in the last few years, we've said the same thing. And Freeze said, in, in the SEC competition, it is hard in one-on-one defense, man-to-man defense, it's hard to get open. And he said, I really like having a big guy that has a big catch radius and can kind of make a catch even when he's you know pretty well covered, which is pretty much what Seth Williams would do. And and others, you know, that we've had over the last few years. So they were very excited about him because it looks like somebody that can you can complete a pass to even when they're kind of covered. And that would be a nice change from, from what we've had a lot of the last, you know, few years. With again, with, with the exception of Seth. And I think the other guy that potentially fits that mold
2: is the true freshman from last year, Camden Brown. Yeah. Uh, and you those two guys together on the outside could cause problems. And again, murder was a you know, Played at Hawaii and then played at Cincinnati. When he was at Hawaii, our current receiver's coach was his coach, and he had almost 900 yards and like 60 catches. So they have a pretty good idea that he could play.
0: Yeah, Hawaii, I don't know what offense they run now, but I know that for the longest time they had like the June Jones throw it all over the field offense. So you can find a receiver in that offense usually pretty well. Um, yeah, and then you've got the two tight end receivers. You've got the new one coming in, the transfer, and you've got Landon King who's, you know, he's one of those Auburn players that every year we're like, this is the year he's going to break out, and then he doesn't. So I'm really hoping this is the year he's going to break out. <laughs> I yeah. hope. Uh, R-
2: Rivaldo Fairweather is the transfer mm-hmm. tight end you are talking about from FIU, and and if there
0: was a first group with the receivers and tight ends, he was in it. Yeah, So. yeah. He's going to be stormy weather for the defenses. That's what I'm hoping. But fair weather for us, man. I'm ready to be a fair weather fan. Are you a fair weather fan, John? I'm ready to be a fair weather fan. I'm a fan of fair weather. (laughs) I don't like
2: the rainy, stormy weather. I like fair weather.
0: There we go. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. What else we got uh, from spring practice? I'm trying to think uh, what else I saw of any note. Not a lot. I mean, I know that the the very first quarterback that Freeze mentioned was T.J. Finley, which – caused me to have chills. If I am glad I wasn't driving my car when I when I heard that. Put it that way. TJ Finley. He's <laughs> <back>. <laughs> no, that's not what I wanted. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again, John. TJ Finley. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's uh that's uh that's that's not exciting. That's that's not exactly what I'm um that's not what I'm wanting to hear, honestly, to be honest with you. I'm uh, not wanting to hear that.
2: In the in the we don't have a depth chart, the first uh, five players on the offensive line included the three transfer players. Shocking. And then the two the yeah. The uh, at at tackle and center and then the two returning players at guard, Jeremiah Wright and Camp Stutz at guard. So um Yeah. Not no one was shocked by that. All
0: right, well so. that's different. What I have what I have is that um The first unit was Dylan Wade, Tate Johnson, Avery Jones, Cameron Stutz, and Gunnar Britton. The second group was Evan Richards, Jeremiah Wright, Connor Liu, E.J. Harris, and Isavion Miller. And the third group was Colby Smith, Braden Joyner, Court Bradley, Clay Whedon, and Garner Langlo. We got 15 offensive linemen? Holy cow! We had like like two a couple of months ago. Well, anyway... Here's the order of the run- and this is going to transition us in a minute because I want to talk about running backs. Here's the order of the running backs we're we're giving atten- given attention by Cadillac today. Jarquez Hunter was first, obviously, and then of course Damari Austin, who is a returning player, and then Brian Batty from South Florida, and then Sean Jackson, Justin Jones, and I'm sure that nobody, I'm sure there's a handful of people that, that have heard of this guy, but Luke Rebels... That was a new one on, on. A one on me. I guess that's a walk-on. Yeah, um, yeah. The because um, then our,
2: our other signee running back will fall into that depth chart. You know, uh, probably after Betty. But
0: so two quarterbacks took reps simultaneously with pairs of receivers. Robbie Ashford and T.J. Finley were the first pair, followed by Holden Gerner and Sawyer Pate. Yeah. So, um, and we saw Landon King with Tavares Dawson in the second rotation with Landon King working at the X receiver spot and Dawson in the slot. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to King. I mean, King is just too good of a player to never get any playing time, right? Surely he's going to get some playing time. Got to think so. Uh, I hope. <laughs> yeah, cool. I, Van, I am eternally
2: optimistic for the Landon King breakout.
0: I know. we We keep hoping and assuming and thinking, but yeah, it just never quite happens. But We'll see. All right. Any other football spring practice thoughts?
2: No, other than it's wonderful to have it back. And, again, we we have a lot of new guys, a lot of new coaches, players in different positions than they were before. So I think there's a whole bunch of learning curve with all that stuff.
0: No doubt. No doubt. But I'm optimistic. I feel really good about things. I really feel good about things. And that was another thing I thought was interesting was how much talking um, Freeze has done – lately about how he was just recruiting. I mean, basically since he got the job, all he's done is recruit. He hadn't even barely met our existing players. And I don't say that as a criticism because I trust that he knows where he needs to spend his time and hopefully they're not going anywhere, you know. But he's like he barely spent any time and he's like now as the practice is starting, they're having to kind of nail down with the assistant coaches exactly how everything's going to work. Because they haven't had time to do anything but recruit since he got there. And that, that says a lot about a lot of things, honestly, that that's why he's had to do that much recruiting. But yeah. It also just
2: shows I mean, again, this is why he brought in Montgomery and gave up mm-hmm. control of the offense to him because he knows that's where he can make the most difference and he needs to spend and allocate his time. Mm-hmm. So he is doing that thing. Yeah. And we need it because we know that the recruiting thing is what's going to move the needle.
0: And that was another thing. I, again, I keep thinking of these little tidbits I've seen over the course of the day. That was another thing he said that was interesting. Was he said he's been able to devote more time to recruiting and not having to worry as much about the quarterbacks because he said he trust he he so much has trust in Montgomery, the field marshal, and in the quarterback Kent, Austin. Yeah, Kent Austin. Yeah, yeah. He he says that with those two guys in the room. You know, the room is the word they throw around a lot now. For the position um, that he feels good about letting them kind of run things, and then he doesn't have to worry about it as much, and that's that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. I mean, it is interesting how you can look at Freeze and you can see some similarities to Gus Malzahn, and you can see some big differences. And I don't mean that good or bad. I'm just saying it's interesting because we love him. We we love Gus to death. And now we're kind of coming to get to know Freeze a little bit, getting a sense of them and everything. And it is interesting. We knew that they were similar in a lot of ways. But we knew they had their differences, but now we're starting to see them. You know what I mean? They're they, they are, they're similar in some ways, personally, professionally, how they go about their business, and they're very different in some ways. And um, I'd probably still rather go hang out at Waffle House with Gus just in terms of that. But I, every, everything that Freeze has done so far on a on a professional level has made me go, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's good. You know, there have been things that Gus did. There have been things that you know, potato did that I went, really? I guess they know what they're doing, but really, that's what that's what we're doing. And I mean, seriously, every single thing that Freeze has done so far, I've been like, okay, yeah, you know, sure, makes sense to me. So that's just a good feeling. I, it just makes me feel like we're in professionally in good hands right now. That's all I'm saying. We left all the other stuff at the door, and I'm, I'm going there. But I'm just saying, prof- in terms of professionally a coach, I feel like he. I feel like he seems to know what he's doing. I did not have that I, feeling lately.
2: That's fair. It's very reasonable feeling coming out of what we just came out of. Yeah. I, again. It's easy to keep your hands off the offense when we're in spring practice. You know, when it's the fourth quarter against Georgia, that's can true. you keep your hands off the offense? Can you quit mm-hmm. can you quit not push Montgomery out of the way and grab the controller and be like, <laughs> I got uh, it. You know? That is that is the challenge in the heat of the moment.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> that's when Freeze is gonna say, Excuse me, field marshal, but you sit at my table. <laughs> so you need to move. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, it occurs. Um, I, this is an interesting statistic, and it's not a good one. This is this is a very depressing thing to me. There there have been several streaks that Auburn had going in football. We had the longest extra point streak, right? I think we still have it, but it got broken. I mean, we did get it, it, it ended. That's what I'm trying to say. We had the long we have the longest streak in extra points, but it ended. We had the longest streak of running backs getting hundred yards or thousand yards for the season. That started in 2009 with Tate, Ben Tate, and it ended like, what was the last year we did that, like 2017 with, with uh, Carry On maybe or something, or 2018? No, I think it was later, but keep, keep going. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we've had another streak in that really ticks me off. 2022, this past NFL season, this past NFL season, was the first NFL season in 43 straight years that no former auburn running back got a 1000 yards rushing 43 years starting i guess in 79 with um probably uh cribs i'm going to guess mm-hmm. yeah and we, and we've had one every year since then until last year and that's that's really disappointing cuz we were really we always had at least somebody in the NFL putting up uh, putting up uh, some kind of carries
2: and we pointed to a lot of other things in the late Gus
0: era, but I think it just shows, like post carry on, the running back recruiting wasn't there. No, and even if it was, they didn't have an offensive line as much to run behind, and, and and didn't make enough impression to get drafted or get on an NFL team or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I mean, who? Let's see, who was our running back the last? Uh, before, I guess Tank. Maybe Tank can turn that around. He'll get some carries. Yeah, he's going to get drafted. So there'll be one year. But there'll be for sure one year, and that's 2022. 2023, Tank will be out there doing something somewhere. Um, get the get the streak started again. But yeah, it was that we, I guess it was that we didn't have uh, in the last three or four years a big time running back, right?
1: Oh, well, I man, again,
2: 2018, Booby Whitlow, Cam Martin,
0: Sean Shivers.
1: Mm hmm.
2: All right. 2019, Booby Whitlow, DJ Williams, Cam Martin. Sean Mm. Shivers. Mm. 2020, Tank, Sean Shivers, DJ Williams. Mark Anthony Richards,
0: from the past there. (laughs) He he struck me as somebody could make it in the NFL. This is that streak we had of little backs that aren't really NFL Mm. backs. We had that streak of, of little backs. There's another phenomenon I'm just thinking of, though. Some of those players got to stay in college an extra year, and that could have disrupted it. I don't think it's a coincidence. You know what I mean? Because like Shivers is still in college, last I saw, unless this was his last year, so they they got their seasons extended, their careers extended a little bit because of COVID and everything and the transfer rules. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that plays into it. It's probably no coincidence. But yeah, we haven't had a we've we've how many years have we talked about? Man, I wish we had a big you know bell cow running back like we used to have that could get us the first down and everything. So that's that's it. Yeah. Um, I did want to quickly touch on. Uh, this they put up a list of Auburn's top 10 rushers in the NFL, and I'm just going to run through these really quickly because it's interesting to me. I'm going to go backwards. This is just, this is not running backs, this is top 10 rushing, got the most rushing yards uh, in a season or career. Career number okay. 10, Bo Jackson, 2782, so he's still in the top 10 all these years later. Number nine, Cadillac, 4038, so quite a jump there. Number eight, Brandon Jacobs, five thousand ninety-four rushing yards. Played one season for Auburn, two uh, two thousand three. Then he went to Southern Illinois. Uh, number seven, Joe Cribbs, fifty-three fifty-six. But he played two years in the USFL for the Birmingham Stallions, and had they were really in his um, prime. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a he got. Twenty-five hundred yards in the USFL, and remember the USFL was not like the World League or something. The USFL back then was NFL caliber players. So if you add that on, he has like almost eight thousand yards. Okay, because that's pro football. Number six, Ronnie Brown, fifty-three ninety-one. So Ronnie Brown has more yards in the NFL than Cadillac. That's interesting. And Cadillac Number had f- injuries. He did, and well, Ronnie was a bigger back, and bigger bigger backs tend to do better in NFL, last longer. Number five is Cam, 5628. That's amazing that Cam Newton had as a quarterback has more rushing yards than Bo Jackson, Ronnie Brown, Joe Cribs, Brandon Jacobs, Cadillac Williams. I mean, good lord, Cam. Uh, number four, Rudy Johnson, 5979, mostly for the Bengals. Number three, William Andrews, the blocking fullback of the wishbone. <laughs> William Andrews, 5986. Atlanta Falcons legend William Andrews. Yeah, 79 through 83 and then 86. Averaged 4.6 yards a carry on 1,315 carries, 30 touchdowns. Ran for 1,000 yards in four of his first five seasons. And the only one he didn't was a strike-shortened campaign. Number two, number two, James Brooks, 7,962 rushing yards. He had a bunch of receiving yards, too, though. he They, they threw mm-hmm. the ball to him out of the backfield a bunch, if I remember correctly. By the way, you know who I'm surprised is not on here? Lionel James. Lionel James. And he had a lot of all-purpose yards, too. Yeah, a lot of receiving and return yards. Yes, he did. I bet if you did all-purpose yards, he'd be in the top five. And number one, Stephen Davis played for uh, Pat Dye and Terry Bowden. 8,052 rushing yards. I don't know if he ever played for Pat Dye. That's no, just Terry. Well, Dye, Dye recruited and brought him in in 92, but he, was, he couldn't play because of grades. So I think 93, 94, 95 were the three years he actually played. That was all Terry. And he goes to your thing about a larger, more physical running back. So. Yes, he was a big guy. 8,052. So here's the thing if Joe Cribbs had played his entire career in the NFL, he and Steven Davis would be neck and neck for number one. And that doesn't surprise me because they were both great backs.
2: Well, and for a long t- again, for a long time, Cribs was the all-time rushing leader for Buffalo, mm-hmm. and James Brooks was the all-time rushing leader for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Yep, and William Andrews for the Falcons. So.
0: Davis was both the Redskins and the Panthers. He was with the Rams briefly, but most of his work was done with the Redskins and the Panthers. All right. I just thought that was interesting. Um, We've got to talk a little bit about the basketball team. I know we don't really want to at this point because, man, that, that Kentucky game was demoralizing. I was I was walking down the hall uh, on campus this afternoon, and my, my colleague that's a Kentucky guy, he's, he's like, oh, hey, man. He goes, hey, how about Saturday? I'm like, kill me. <laughs> no, no, dear God.
2: But this is the other part I, I, that I wanted to talk to you about. You and I have seen this movie before. There's, there was no surprise or shock or anything revelatory in that event. We have seen Auburn teams, good Auburn teams, bad Auburn teams, great Auburn teams, go up to yeah. Lexington and get their oh. brains
0: beat in. Oh, the, the Final Four team lost by like 30 a week before they went and won the SEC tournament yes. and beat Kentucky in the Final Four. And, you know, this Kentucky team, like many Kentucky teams,
2: Screwing around at the beginning of the season, getting stuff straight. Mm-hmm. Lost to South Carolina and everybody was like, Oh, fire him, you know, he should go to Texas or whatever. And now mm-hmm. they're rounding into form, they're getting their crud together. That's a team that's gonna beat some people in March.
0: They are. They are. I'm gonna talk about that game now because we're already talking about it. The thing that got me about that game, everybody keeps saying they got blown up the whole game. They did not. We were either we, we were either leading that game or within two or three points until two minutes before halftime. Yes. We were yes. absolutely we were absolutely in that game until about 2 minutes before halftime. But what always ends up getting us is if Broom starts getting in foul trouble or if we just can't we can't find the offense, right? It's like what worked before is not like like KD Johnson. He could create, he could drive to the hoop and create, but now every time he does it, they just murder him and there's no foul or they call a charge. But also, I think Kentucky is a...
2: We talked about Missouri being a good matchup for us. Kentucky Mm -hmm. is a terrible matchup for us. Yeah. They have big athletic guards who are taller, but they're more athletic and explosive than our guys, so Katie's not getting by any of them. No. You know, and and they're taller than Wendell. They could disrupt his shot. He Mm -hmm. can't get open and get a good look. Yeah. Um, And then they can collapse on, you know, Broom and Jalen Williams on the
0: inside, so... It's tough for us to get a good shot off of it. And what was killing us was when usually when that's the case, when our offense is not working, we can just rely on our defense and make the game like 28-27 at halftime or something absurd. But did you notice what was happening that was the backbreaker to me in that game was that they were starting to get turnovers and those instant threes. That's when When your team is doing that, it's the greatest feeling in the world. And when the other team starts doing that, you're just like, we're dead. It's like stick a dagger in your heart because Kentucky was doing that thing where they'd steal the ball, hit the open man, and he'd hit a three-pointer. And it's That's and it, it. And when you get in that rhythm, it's not even like banking in a three-pointer or bouncing in a three-pointer. It, they're just dropping straight down the cylinder. And it just is demoralizing because you feel like every time we try to get the ball up the court, they get a perfect down-the-cylinder three-pointer and – the lead went from like two to nine in the space of about 20 seconds, it seemed like, right before halftime. And then when they came out in the second half, you know, what could we do? It was, it just started, they started extending and it got to like 40 at one point, didn't it? It was something absurd. Yeah. Yes,
2: no. And this this Auburn team has been great at hanging with the opposition. Even when we didn't mm-hmm. have, our, like you said, our A game on offense, whatever, they hung with the other team, played good defense, kept it close. And this game just got away from them. It got away. It's way. what it is.
0: Yeah, the out, yeah. the rebounding thing, 43-23 for Kentucky, is a, is a big one. We couldn't rebound. It just seemed like it's so many. We just couldn't get second shots. This, I'll say yes. this. This this wasn't a game where everything was rolling off the rim. We've had some of those this year. We weren't even getting that many shots to go up to the rim so they could roll off. They just We weren't getting any shots, it didn't seem like. At least not after the first five minutes. At the beginning no, think- of the game, we were kind of doing that. I
2: want to look to see how many shots they took versus how many shots we took.
0: I think early on we were actually taking more shots, but by the end of the game I think it had to have swung around the other way. And if it's close, it's because at the beginning of the game we were taking a lot more shots. But, but yeah, Kentucky really does look good. They were shooting well. They were playing defense well. I mean, so now I guess, well, before we talk about the tournament and everything, yeah. And they went 14 of 15 from the free-throw line. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. Man, when, when you're trying to hang close with a the team, they won't miss any free-throws. It makes it's hard. It makes it a problem. It does. Uh, but we did beat Ole Miss, and I, I felt like, was it like 78, 74 or something? I felt from that game, if we had to fight that hard and work that hard to beat Ole Miss at home, that was not a good sign. Because I feel like That's earlier fair. in the year we would win that game by 12 or 15. Yes. And we it we were, we were like in serious danger of letting it get away on two occasions before we kind of put all of our starters back in there and extended it a little bit. That, and then they came at the end and, and like hit a couple of shots and pulled it within one or two. Yes. And then we had to have Wendell hit the free throws. And then they fired their coach. Yes. <laughs> I, I I thought he did a fine job. <laughs> you know, they didn't he have the players. He scared us that to death. He sure did, but he didn't win. So. Um, but yeah, closer than it should have been. They out rebounded us. Everybody's out rebounding us. All of a sudden, Wendell. If Wendell doesn't have a great, you know, as goes Wendell, so goes Auburn. Um, but um, it gave. At least we got another win. We still got what Alabama and Tennessee coming up. That's the end of it. So we got Alabama on what Wednesday. Alabama Wednesday, seven p.m. Eastern. Ugh. And then in the barn, Tennessee, in the in the cavernous Tennessee, confines. That's it. And then Tennessee Saturday and Neville Arena at two p.m. All right, so both of these teams are very strong, but both of them have shown vulnerability, and neither one of them beat us badly the first time. No, but, but we were playing I, better. Uh,
2: Tennessee is is dropped off some since we played them the first they time. They really much have. more vulnerable, and we're playing well, that team at home. So
0: it was after we played them that they dropped off. They were they were top of the world when we played them, and we almost beat them. And then right after they beat us, they just fell apart. And lost to everybody. They remember they lost to Vanderbilt and somebody else back to back, and then they've just they're yeah they're they really did lose their peak. They peaked at the wrong time. They peaked about a month ago, actually. Um, so um, that is that the game we're hanging our hat on then Tennessee. I
2: think it is. I think if we're going to win one of these two, it's going to be that one. I don't see us going into Tuscaloosa and beating that team. They're going to win the SEC, and I think they are going to be fired up and come out and do what they can against us.
0: Well, I guess their scandal doesn't hurt, but it's a bad thing, but if it's distracting to them at all, they don't seem to be distracted though. And you know, I've seen a lot of Auburn people talking about that and saying like, um, I just want to talk about it strategically, not the actual event, because I don't know enough about it to speak intelligently, but just in terms of how it affects this the season and everything, um, they've kind of rallied around this guy and everything and the coach, while other people on the outside are condemning them, and it reminds me of how it must have looked. Now, the, the, the situations are nowhere com- comparable at all. But it reminds me of what it must have looked like to other programs, other fans, what we did with Cam in t- 2010. Again, the circumstances around it, very, very different. I understand that. I'm not comparing them at all. But in terms of how are you still playing this guy, right, we were, def- we were like, you don't understand. We're going to play him. And I get this sense that that's kind of how people are looking at Alabama. How are you still playing this guy? And Alabama's like, we're going to play him. Again, not the same circumstances at all. I'm not comparing them at all. I know I'm going to get an email or something. Oh, are you comparing? I'm not. (laughs) I'm just saying in terms of when the other fan bases are incredulous that you're still playing a player, but you on the inside are not. That has to be kind of how it looks. But I don't think that's how it actually is, right? I mean, because... You know, the the stuff that was about Cam was alleged, and this is like stuff that is pretty well known, right? And it, plus it being a lot more serious and everything. I, I want to walk away from this analogy, okay? Just
2: because Auburn played Cam Newton, the potential consequences of which are we could have later been made to forfeit football games. That's right. Okay? Yeah. At Alabama, a woman was killed. Yeah. An Alabama player did it, other players were involved, yeah. uh, the university has ignored that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, people way more familiar with the situation than us have written and spoken a lot about this. The only thing I want to say about this, and this applies to Auburn and Alabama and every other athletic program in the world, there is a big gap between um, broke the law and in jail yeah. and playing on the team okay, there and there's a universe between those two spectrums, And sometimes student athletes do stuff which may not be uh, chargeable as a crime, but they still shouldn't be allowed to play. Yeah. And that is what's going on here. So it, there are many times when student athletes do stuff which is questionable or less questionable ethically or, the way they should behave, their standards of conduct about stuff. And in this case, the the Alabama player in question, you know, did things where he um, he shouldn't be allowed to play and represent the university. Yeah. And they, and I think the Nate Oates, the Alabama coach, has made this much worse than it would have been if he had just kept his mouth shut. And mm-hmm. I think he specifically has avoided questions or Framed the answers to questions in very specific ways to try to make it look like the players were less involved than they were.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, uh, I it just remains to be seen, I guess, what's going to come out of all this. But by the time anything happens, it'll, the season will probably be over, and it won't even matter, right? And they're not going to do anything. Well,
2: I think if they were going to charge anybody else, they would have charged them. I think, but I do, I can tell you right now that those Alabama players are going to be sued by the family, victims' family. And they're going to be paying money in a civil lawsuit out of their NBA salary. So it's going to wow. happen. Woo. All right.
0: All right. So last thing about basketball, um, we ask this every week. Should we worry about Auburn getting in the NCAA tournament? A little bit, but not really. Okay.
2: I believe that even if we lose both of these games, we will get in. Now, it'll be a hair hey, under chin, chin, chin kind of thing if we get in, if we lose both these games. We'll get in, but we'll be a – you know,
0: a nine or a 10 seed or whatever. Right. Yeah. And
2: it won't be pretty,
0: but we won't drop we much will. below that because then that's you get right. Into the, you what, get down into but, the mid majors at that point and they're, that's right. Yeah. yeah.
2: But, the, and this is the other part that, that it's not, Auburn isn't the only team out there. There's a bunch of other teams and a bunch of the other teams on the bubble are losing games too. Yeah. They're not that's true. All surging at this yeah, point. It's so a good there's point a bunch of other teams falling into that, Thing, and we have a good resume. We don't have a terrible loss, and we don't have a bunch of wins over cupcakey teams at the bottom. Yeah. We played a very tough schedule, and and outside of you know last Saturday, hung with those teams. So mm-hmm. I, that's going to help us. I think I think we're going to get in. But if we want to get in in a, in a decent seed, we should we need to beat one of these two teams. Yeah. I think it's going to be Tennessee.
0: That would be very good. Yeah, so. All right. yeah because yeah just the thinking is because usually like the double digit seeds beyond like 11 12 down they tend to go to the smaller teams even if they have better records if you're a team like Auburn you either get an eight 9 10 seed or you don't get in you rarely do to the team like auburn get like a 12 13 14 it just doesn't I don't know why but it's just that's it, that's the way it works you either you either get like a like a eight 9 ten seed or you just don't get in at all I, I rarely see a major Power 5-type team with a very, very low seed. Yeah. All right, Um, so Alabama Wednesday, Tennessee Saturday, and that's going to be it for the season. We really got to find a way to win. Um, Let me uh, thank the patrons, the fine folks that keep our show going. Go to www.auwishbone.com if you want to be part of the March Madness Brackets, if you want to be part of the Fantasy Formula 1 League that we have. Go to www.auwishpoint.com. Oh, yeah, I was going to say a couple of quick things about the Fantasy Formula 1. Basically, here's what you do. You go in, you have like a $10 million salary cap. The way it works this year, you pick five drivers from whichever teams you want, as long as you can fit them under the salary cap. They each have a different salary level. And then you pick two actual constructor teams, like Ferrari and Mercedes or Alpine and Williams or McLaren and Red Bull or something. So you get five drivers. And you get two teams, uh, two constructors, and it's neat. It's just a, it's a fun, you know. All competition aside, I just find it fun trying to put together a team that uses the maximum of my of my dollars. You know, I I put together a team this afternoon, and I had like eight million dollars left. I'm Like, oh, well, I got to start over because I don't want to leave eight million dollars on the table. And I did another one, and I it had zero. I, I actually got it to the to the to the to the decimal zero. So, but did you like that team yeah. better? <laughs> well that's then always the, the question team. yeah it's always a combination of, of you want to grab a couple of big name guaranteed locks like a Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen uh and then you want to get like the, the the young guns that you think might do better than advertised. so like I might look and say oh I think uh I think the new this new American uh over at uh, it Williams, I think, is going to do well. I'm going to go with him. Or I might think this Oscar Piastri guy that's with McLaren now might be good. Or or I, I, or maybe the old gun. I think uh, Fernando Alonso getting a new fresh start with, um, with I guess, Aston Martin. Maybe he's going to be good. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun just to try to put this team together. And then you you, you get to put two teams together if you want to, one or two. And, uh, and then we get points every week, and the, the computer does it all. All we do is sit back and see how badly we did. So, <laughs> and there's a couple of guys that always seem to do really well, and we watch them win again. And Boris has already got his team in, so he's ready to roll. Uh, let's see. we got to thank our patrons for helping to, to keep this program going. Again, go to www.auwishbone.com. Click on the big orange button to become a patron. I always thank our patrons. You can put whatever you like into your namespace on there. And so here we go. We have to thank Samuel Salvatore, uh, Phil Amthor, Master Sommelier-level sponsor and paying for George Colvin's Ground Crew-level sponsor. Thank you, Phil. Um, Boris the Tiger's Burner account. I don't know who's, who's responsible for that, but it's very entertaining. Uh, Carl Von Drunker, Chris and Clinton Stewart, Logan Chilton, VP of Capital Projects at... Jones Barbecue Foot Massage. John's favorite place to go. Ann Kangian, Bradley Blackman, Daniel Odom, Eric Morgan. I think Eric is one of our dominating. For- I may be wrong, but I think Eric's one of our dominating Formula One owners. So we'll see. Uh, Gary Grant, A.K.A. Au Fan at KSC, Matthew Flowers, Michael Kirchner, uh, Richard Stevens, Steve Trewick, Susan Trewick, Trombone Tiger, Willie Carden. Um, oh, <laughs> this is one of my favorite combinations that the uh, that the patrons have put together.
2: Tonight's forecast: a freeze is coming.
0: That's a really good one. I can just listen to this all day. All right. We also have to thank Alex Brown's basketball season plus the basketball book of winning combination since 2022. Ben Bloodworth bleeds orange and blue. That's not Ben bleeding orange and blue. That's two separate people. Ben Bloodworth and bleeds orange and blue. Chris Hilton, Chris Thrash, Clay Henson, Dan Thompson, Earl Ricks, Bobby, oh no if you want my body and you think I'm sexy come on baby let me know come on come on man (laughs) they wanted me to sing that oh John's blacking out John wishes he had a bottle of reaper madness he would just chug the whole thing right now and put himself out of his misery (laughs) um oh Got to do the random sound clip here. How about this one? Um, oh, where did it go, man? Oh no. Let's try this one. Ah, oh, little Jim Fife never never hurts. Uh, Jacob and Robin Fleming. Uh, K.D. confirms that
2: Jones Barbecue Foot Massage
0: has the biggest hairballs Says 76 Tiger Esquire Sleazy Shyster. Oh, they barely fit that in. Uh, Catherine England Kevin Smith Lane Middleton Logan Mickey B No one fights like Gaston I'll go rhythm and blues Paul Miles Reynolds Wolf Rich Reimer Rusty Owen Spring football has begun Um, Oh uh, uh, Where is the um Tonight's forecast A freeze is coming Oh oh Followed by I get it now I'm sorry I'm kind of dumb sometimes Um, I don't know where my Oh, here it is. Let me try that one again.
2: Tonight's forecast, a freeze is coming. I want
0: you to put the word
2: out there that we back up. Understand me?
0: We back up. That's right. I love it. I love it so much. I could play that sound bite a million times and probably will. Uh, and it wasn't even in Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> That's, <the laughs> That's that famous scene in Kingdom of Heaven where Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson hands the sword I over. Say, like, I want you to put the word out there in Jerusalem. Back up. Yes, yes. Liam Neeson stands there at the foot of the of the castle, hands the, hands the sword to Orlando Broom, and says, Son. I want you to put the word out there. We back <laughs> up.
2: Understand me? We back up.
0: Oh. Oh, that's so good. And 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 of course he says. This is true. There you go. Uh, Steve Harlan Theodore Gary War Eagle Always Warhammer 6 WDE Richie Freeze Plus White Walker Equals Winter is Coming I like that a lot That's good Wes Atkinson William Morgan Wilson Beard Wynn Carroll Winston Body Returning to Everything School uh, Auburn Blue Blake Heron Boris the Tiger Brandon Smith, Carter Glouse, Colby Butler, Corey Smyre, David Downs. Our, one of our new uh, additions this uh, this week. David Downs. Welcome aboard, David. David Simpson, Diabama, Hugh Anderson, Hugh, Hugo Sleaze's Terror Tales, The Time I Took on Our Main Rival, Who Was 4-7 and seven and Lost by 5 TDs. Wow, that's a deep cut. I wasn't aware of that. Josh Teal, Just Wait Till Next Year, Kevin Mahan, Luther and Kelly Ottaway, Papa Todd. Patrick Williams and our one time anonymous donors. All right. Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Russell Milling, Sarah Hines, Sasquatch, Shane Bailey, Shannon Butson, uh, Stephen Houston, the guy out back of
1: Joel's barbecue foot massage,
0: who is smoke weed every day while eating leftover potatoes in a. Tonight's
1: forecast.
0: A freeze is coming. There you go. Uh, Tim Pittman, Timothy, Tony Perry, Wiggle87. Oh, here they are. At the Mad Reaper Pepper Company on Instagram. I just, I don't have Instagram, so I just Googled the Mad Reaper Pepper Company. And, you know, I think they are located in Wetumpka, Alabama, which would make sense for them to be Auburn supporters. Yeah, I think that's where the package came from. That thought it was Carolina Reaper. They're Carolina Reapers, but grown in good Alabama soil. The Black Belt. If it's in Wetumpka, it's in the Black Belt. It's in that good topsoil. Yes, sir. Carolina Reapers. Did I not say 75 Grim Reapers in every bottle? (laughs) You're you're not selling it there with that. (laughs) I think it's burning its way out of the glass, even as we speak. The glass is getting hot. Put it back down. Alex Nguyen, Ben Amos. These dudes are getting more publicity for their dollar. Alex Nguyen, Ben Amos, Ben Riggs, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Brian Albanese, Charles Mooney, Chris Como, Chris Braun, Colonel Dead, a.k.a. Eric Ben not missing my category, Mr. Construction Tiger, Daniel Barnett, Daniel Witten, and finally, Darren Pyle, Elizabeth Donald, Escort Hugh Freeze elsewhere, we... So we got to get better at celebrating. I Am Tiger, exclusive hairball supplier of...
2: Joe's Barbecue Foot Massage. That's
0: right. You love it. I'll Buy This for a Dollar, James Taylor, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht, Jeremiah Schumann, Jim McCrory, Joey Miller, Joseph Eiliff, JT Jarhead, Justin Bean, Kenneth Brent Rains, The Barbecue... You have failed me for the last time. A.K.A. Auburn Dad for Life, Mark Squire, MVP Captivating Kathy Bright... You don't have any friends. It's not true at all. Paul Bankson, Royce Alvarez, Russell Souther, Ruth and Darren Souther. Oh, that reminds me. Kathy, our dear MVP, Captivating Kathy Bright, was at a convention, I think, in Atlanta this week. And she hung out with all, John, you need to hear this. Kathy hung out with all four hobbits. I saw. You saw that? I, I didn't know if she, I didn't know if she put it on Twitter or, or, or I saw it on Facebook. Yeah, she was hanging out with all four of them. Were there? I was like, "Holy!" I've never seen all four of them together. Maybe twice since the movies, and they were all in Atlanta. And she was hanging out. So good, old, good, old, good on Kathy. That's awesome. She's a huge Lord of the Rings fan, so I was very happy for her. I know she was just going losing her mind. Uh, so let's see: Paul Banks and Royce Alvarez, Russell Sutherland, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, Spanky. I'm at the bottom of this list. <laughs> I'm at the bottom of this list because Scott Wilson! That's right. Sports Illustrated's Auburn Elvis, Steven Thompson, the Slinko family, Tim Sauls, Trevor Johnson. We saved beating Kentucky for the tournament. I like that. That's good. <laughs> that's good positive Auburn thinking right now. I like it. Yeah. That's what we did in 2019. Same thing. Lost by like thirty to around and beat him in the tournament. Uh, why are you booing John? He's right. I need more context on that. Plus, Brant Rumble and our one-time and anonymous donors and his... <laughs> his, <laughs> his, ah! his yeah, there we go. Um, all right. So, that being said, as they say, it is time for Guess the Game. You ready for Guess the Game? Bring it on. Number 81. Can you believe it? Uh-oh. Are
2: we going to run out of games? Somewhere?
1: And John, the rest of the AU Wishbone family, this is Jared Albrecht, the art sale artist here with Guess the Game number 81. Guess the Game 81 is brought to you by Josh Corbett, who's going to take us on a little bit of an adventure this time into a completely different sport. So without any further ado, put your softball helmets on and let's give this a listen. She gets up. She robs the home run to keep Auburn in this game as they head to the bottom of the sixth. All right, guys. I will see you in the hint file. I knew we were in trouble when he played. Let's take me out to the bowl. Uh, I know. That
0: was our first sign of trouble right there. Oh, no. Oh,
2: no. So what year did the softball team go to the the College World Series thing? That was like. It's been a while now. It it was pre-COVID. It was so, you know, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, twenty
0: nineteen. Yeah. It was in there. It was in there.
2: So let's let's pick one of those and go with it. Go to then go to the head file. What? Yeah, I I don't re, I don't think we're going to learn anything. I hear the
0: players' names. I, in fact, the only team I remember us playing in that run was Florida. Okay. I mean, I and I don't even remember if we won or not. In fact, they may have been the team that because we didn't win the national championship, we came close. No. No. So, I don't know. I'm going to say Florida in 18, but I really have no idea. All right, let's go to the hint. This is a hard one. It's good. Let's get rid of those bleeps and Let give you. it another listen.
1: 2-0 to Knighton. Knighton gets into one. Is it deep enough? It is caught and brought back in by Tiffany Howard. And she rounds the two-run home run. Tiffany Howard gets back. She gets up. She robs the home run to keep Auburn in this game as they head to the bottom of the sixth. Okay, I will (laughs) see you guys in the answer
0: file. Well, we know Tiffany, but other than that, we didn't get the other team. We didn't get anything They said the other players, the hitter's name was Knighton, but I don't know who who she played for. I'm Florida 18. I have no idea. I I like that. My
2: only other guess would be we played a bunch of Oklahoma. Like we had a bunch of Oklahoma. It was
0: some teams out west somewhere. It was either yeah.
2: Oklahoma or some Pac-12 teams. I remember.
0: You're that, right. So. There were some Pac. There were. You're right. There were some Pac-12 teams involved. It seems like. Although when the baseball team did really well last year, I feel like they played like Oregon State and some teams like yes, that. They so did. that they might lost con- at Oregon State. That might be confusing too. Yeah. All right. You got any more guesses? Are you good? What do you think? No, I'm good. All right. All right, Jared, and by the way, Jared, I just want to say, this is a good idea. I'm not hating this. I wouldn't want this to be every week, but I like changing it up a little bit. I like changing it up, and I I want to hear from the listeners if you
2: knew this play and we didn't. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, John, Van, if you guys figured out that this is Auburn playing Oklahoma in softball in the College World Series. In 2016, (laughs) and you guessed right. That was a fun year to be watching some softball. So, thanks to Josh Corbett for sending that in. Now, I don't want to do a whole bunch of these, you know, really out there sports. So, please don't inundate me with (laughs) those. We'll do them from time to time when we find a really fun one like this one. But if you want to be like Josh and send in play, you know, preferably from football. But yeah, we'll step out every once in a while, sure. I am at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Or you can email me. I am Jared, that's J A R R O D, at theyard Until next time, Van John Wallrigal.
0: I did throw Oklahoma out right before we went to that file, but. We were off on the years. It was yeah. er, it was further back than I thought. Even I'm older than we remembered. So yeah, I,
2: it was a really good one. It was uh, I it was well put together. Uh, yeah. This does not mean that we need an equestrian audio clip <laughs> <audit> from <laughs> Elvis. I'm just throwing that out
0: there right now. <laughs> oh, I do not want an equestrian one. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh oh oh! <laughs> what year did the horse have that kind of gait? I don't remember that gait. Oh, um, by the way, so Wednesday night we're going to we're going to go walk out on the court in Coleman Aircraft Hangar Coliseum, and our players are going to look around and they're going to say, "There
1: they are! Are they not a shame on their country? Are they not a disgrace to all civilized beings?" As-
0: That's right. That's what we're going to say when we walk in in Coleman. See those Alabama players and fans, man. Alright, let's see. Uh, I guess it's time to... Thank you. Order questions to the Prime Minister.
1: It's time for listener questions! Start dun dawn On the AU Wishbone Podcast.
0: Wrong!
2: Alright, what do we got? Alright, we got a couple of questions tonight. The first is from Doc Crackham, who says... <laughs> Cue the Marvel music. What superheroes do we have at (laughs) wide receiver? He says, I'm seeing a lot of upperclassmen (laughs) as I look at the roster. Coy Moore, Javaris Johnson, Camden Brown, even uh, Grandpa Landon King is still on the roster. (laughs) I feel like I'm tired old Captain America for him, you know, the one sitting on the bench talking to his best bud, old Kansas State head coach Bill Snyder, about how they used to remember leather helmets when cola and a foot massage was... Five cents at Jones Barbecue. <laughs> <pepsage. laughs> there we
0: go. Did you That's,
2: get the the last of that part?
0: Yeah, run it run it again. I was I was trying to get the thing going. Go ahead. He says
2: he feels like Landon King, uh I, he I says, I feel like I'm tired old Captain America for Landon King. The one sitting on his bench talking to his best bud, Kansas State coach Bill Snyder. <laughs> and how they used to remember leather helmets and when a cola and a foot massage was five cents at Jones Barbecue Foot
0: <laughs> I'm not going to play it again, but no, that's really good. That's good. Um. All right, cut it. There. There you go. I just want to give you a little ambiance, little Avengers. It
2: was um, good. And I, and I appreciated that. Yeah. All right. right so, and
0: I, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I I don't know. That's I, that's pretty good. I mean, you got Captain America and, and Coach Schneider in the same in the same question with a Jones barbecue and foot massage reference. I mean, all you needed was old comic book and uh, you got pretty much my early days.
2: That, that was uh, I didn't think he was gonna land it, but he pulled it in there. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question is from Bill Miner, who says, guys, fun look ahead, but at this point of the year, which game are you looking forward to most this year? Regardless of it possibly being a win or a loss, so many great candidates. And I'm going to read you the schedule briefly. Good. And then, Van, you're going to tell me which we'll start with two or three, and then when they're down, and go one. Okay. Yeah. Here we go UMass at home. Week two at Cal Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Week three, Samford at home. Then at College Station, Texas. Georgia at home. Then at LSU. Ole Miss at home. The last weekend in October, Mississippi State at home, then at Vanderbilt, at Arkansas the second week of November, New Mexico State at home, and then Alabama at home the
0: Saturday after Thanksgiving. How much do you wish or not wish, are you happy or unhappy, that the Penn State games both happened with Potato? I don't. I mean, again, I wish we had won. <laughs> I know, but I mean, to think about that, we waited all those years to play Penn State home and away, and they both happened to come under
1: potato.
0: It's just, you know, kind okay. of frustrating to me.
2: I mean, again, I'm so. all right, which, which games are most exciting to you out of that?
0: All right, well, the Cal game is another one I've been looking forward to for a long time. I really did want to go to it, but it's not going to happen this year, I'm afraid. But I really did want to. Um, that so Cal is one just because it's, it's a team we don't normally play and it's out there on the West Coast and everything. And it's out there, yep. Um, and then Ole Miss at home just because of some stuff lately. And it, I, that's
2: gonna be a lot
0: of talking, it is, especially. Yeah, we with free. I mean, even without freeze, it would have been a big thing after what just happened, but now it's really gonna be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think honestly, and this is gonna sound crazy, but it's just for me. The game I'm actually looking the most forward to this year is Vanderbilt. because We owe them! Well, and yes, but also it's in Nashville, which is only four hours away from me, so I actually get to go without having to spend like four days, you know, two days in the car and everything. So I can actually go to that game and come home the same day, unless it's like late at night. So I'm very excited about playing Vanderbilt in Nashville. The the only games that I get to go to like that are Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Missouri. And we don't play them often enough on the road for me to get to see them very often, you know. So this is going to be exciting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in pure football, though, I'm kind of looking to forward to going to Texas A&M because we know what happened when you and I went over there last time. So mm-hmm. I'd like to get a little revenge and reestablish <laughs> and it's our Bobby dominance. Bobby Petrino thing. time. Oh, good gosh. Yeah. Hey, and while we're talking about it, does any of those games look like something that you and I'd want to go to? And I've never been to Arkansas. That, I'm not ruling out Arkansas. I, well, November the only the, I, you and I have kicked
2: around the Arkansas idea, and I like. I want to go to a game there at some point. You and I have not been to a game there. The only problem with that is it's a Saturday after the Vanderbilt game.
0: Yeah. So yeah, you, you but the Vanderbilt like game that. is just me hopping in the car and driving. So that's a little bit different. Okay. From, we'll see. All right. All right. What do you think? Right, so what, maybe
2: uh, I think that uh, we got
0: plenty of time to talk about it.
2: We've got plenty of time. The old Miss game is going to be pandemonium because of stuff. I'm most excited about the Cal game because, again, I want to play somebody different. It's yeah. like we talked about the SEC schedule last week. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of playing a lot of the same teams. I want to play different teams uh, and see some different teams more regularly. I'm excited about playing Cal just because it's somebody different.
0: Well, and also, we all – I mean, I hate to say this. More often than not, we lose these games. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look at the last 25 years of our out-of-conference games – we, we, more often than not, we lose both games. And that's frustrating. But yeah. I feel like we got a shot with Cal to maybe go 2 0, maybe. You know, we got a shot. Either that or they're going to turn into a Pac 12
2: power because of well, their schedule. the schedule, the Jay Jacobs factor.
0: Yeah, they're going to be like, wait, we got Auburn on our schedule this year. Conference championship, baby, here we come. <laughs> it's just fate. That's right. That's right. Yeah, all right. So we'll see. I think as we get a little closer to the season, it'll start coming in a little better focus. Right now, it's very abstract. Yep.
2: That was a good question, though. Yeah.
0: All right. That's it for listener questions. All right. We're going to hop in the Aubie Mobile, fire that sucker up. Take a trip.
1: Let's take a trip around the FTC. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, let's see. You had a note here about Florida. Tell us all about what's going on with Florida, if you can. So, remember when Auburn hired the previous head coach? They it, We interviewed and considered
2: Billy Napier.
0: Yes, he was the Who big then name. ended
2: up going to Florida and is the Florida head coach. Yep. And things have not gone well recently for Mr. Napier mm. and the Gators and their fans. You do tell. Uh, season was kind of disappointing. They knew there was going to be a little bit of a step back from year before, but the season was disappointing even though they had a quarterback who was apparently going to be a first-round draft pick. Um but they've lost him. They don't have a lot of other returning players that fans are super excited about. Um, in the last week, they've lost three assistant coaches. Wow. Um, two to the in, NFL. They're
0: In February? Defensive. Well, I guess, yeah, NFL. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: they, but the, the the coaching cycle never stops at this yeah. point. So That's right. their defensive coordinator, Patrick Tony to the NFL. Their wide receiver coach, Kerry Colbert, to the NFL. And he's a... Their best recruiter, probably. So that's a big oh,
0: loss for them. What a, what a tragedy! Then, I'm so sad.
2: And then their tight end coach to air the to Arizona, Florida lost a coach to Arizona,
0: the University Wait, of University of Arizona. Yeah. Oh, a lateral move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and
2: then, uh, you know, Florida didn't have a defensive coordinator, so they hired the linebacker coach away from Alabama, Austin Armstrong. He had previously been the defensive coordinator at Southern Miss before he went to Alabama as a linebacker coach recently. And he's now the defensive coordinator at Florida. I'd real, He was okay at Southern Miss, but this is a, a step down from Patrick Toney to this guy. Um, and you look around, if you're a Florida fan, George is on top of the world. FSU just had their best season in 10 years, and they're returning a bunch of talent. They're going to be a, a top 10 pick and, and a, their fans are getting excited again, and Tennessee's back up. So Florida, you know, their rivals are doing and well. They've lost a bunch of coaches. Recruiting has not been awesome. The vibes are positive.
0: And you got got Ball at Miami maybe going to do some things, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't help either. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Well, so, well, I really, I guess I, I, my takeaway from this is I feel so sorry for Florida. <laughs> not really. <laughs> if I could only reach them. I'd... Uh, yeah. I, I tell you, it, it seems like somebody has to be down all the time, and I'd just assume it be Florida. If it can't be Alabama or Georgia, I'd just assume it'd be Florida, honestly. It, it so, does break my heart to, yeah. to
2: see them going through it, but I'd hope they go through another four or five years. So.
0: It really sucks. Too bad for Florida, yeah. Well, they've had their time. They've had their day. So there's a quote I need to get on here. Is There's a there's a line from Jakar in Babylon 5 where he looks at the centaur and he goes, Your day is come and gone. It's our turn now. I'm like, oh, that's a good line. That works really well for stuff like this. Yeah, so. All right. I think we're kind of to the end. Any final thoughts on this first day of spring practice? Optimism returns like the
2: swallows to Capistrano.
0: That's right. That's right. And and hopefully it won't be too long before our rivals beg for mercy and we say, I'm
2: afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. I want you to put the word out there. But we back up. Understand me? We back up.
0: God bless, it! God, bless it! God, bless it! God bless it. All right. And on that note, John, our time is up. We thank you for yours. we John. done. man
1: Thanks for listening to the AU Wishbone. Find links to everything we do at www.auwishbone.com. For more Auburn fun, join us on Twitter at AUWishbone and at Facebook.com AUWishbone. War Eagle.
0: The AU Wishbone is produced by Van Allen Plexico and John Ringer. Copyright 2020. This has been a White Rocket Entertainment production.
1: Thank you for listening to the AU Wishbone Podcast.